0: Well, welcome to Stutscast on Thursday, the 9th of September. It is 8.10am. Uh, I am back out with my old buddy Rooney, having been away from him for too long, Too long. But his tail is up, his tongue is hanging out, and he is wagging around in a good mood. I like your runes <laughs> Come on, don't be on everybody's car. So, we're back in Spain, as you might have guessed, we're with Rooney, and well, there are two things going on in the sky. One is a beautiful, clear, sunny day, it's a gorgeous day, but the other, which I'll tell you more about in a minute, is smoke it is absolutely billowing out of a mountain nearby. Anyway, I'll give you more on that in a sec. But, uh, well, thank you for joining us, and uh, we've got quite a bit to tell you about, so let's, uh, let's press on. Okay, well, actually looking straight up into the sky right now, I can see... A whole flock of griffon vultures. Wow! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen I can see so far. And there are probably more. Oh gosh, and the sun is catching underneath their wings. So, yeah. They are looking sort of white and grey speckled or brown speckled. Flapping around trying to find a thermal. Some of them have found one, the others have not. When they can't find a thermal, it's funny, because they look like somebody who's out of puff trying to run up a flight of stairs. (laughs) This one here, right above me, he's like, where is that thermal? Can't find it. And they sort of spread their wings out in the hope that they've got one. (laughs) I guess it's like hang gliding or something, not that I've ever done it. Good looking. Oh no, he's found it. He's found it now. found the thermal so he just spreads his wings out and then just tilts, tilts with the rising warm air so oh gosh so many things have been happening but anyway we got back from uh, the UK last night well this morning one o'clock in the morning we arrived back in Laharedia And from, I would say, 20 miles away as I was driving towards home, bearing in mind it was dark, I could see a red glow in the distance. And uh, well, I knew what it was. It was a fire. But it was a huge fire. You know, really. As we got closer, we could easily make out the sort of the red flames. It was you know it was pretty frightening. <clears throat> I didn't know where it was coming from. I thought I could tell it was somewhere near us. And uh, this morning and you know, I looked out the window and there's just a just like a layer of thick brown dirty smoke just hanging. Uh, in the sky, um, sort of towards the coast. You, know, you can hear all the constructions there's busy stuff going on here. Anyway, uh, I'm going to be able to see it, so I'll tell you more about it when I get uh, up to the top. But uh, suffice it to say, this is a bad one. Already seen, you know, plenty of uh, you know water planes and helicopters carrying pouches of water flying overhead you'll probably hear some in a moment but um, yeah this happens occasionally and uh, obviously because it's so dry here and so hot somebody discards a cigarette or something out of their car window and boom sets the mountain on fire so that's uh, Getting in the way of what would otherwise be, don't bark. <laughs> That's the German Shepherd who likes to bark at Rooney. When he's hanging back, he'll, as soon as the Rooney goes past his gate, he'll probably bark. Why not? Come on, Roo, keep up. <laughs> he's just got. Oh, there, Rooney. You got past without too much noise. Oh Lord, now I can see the uh, smoke. God, it is billowing black out of the top of the mountain. Probably about, oh, that's not even Ben Havist, that's further away. God, it's like a volcano, spewing black smoke. Oh, so gray smoke, and I can see one, Two yellow uh, fire planes flying towards the sort of main source of the fire. God, and those fires can spread so fast. Look at the wind; seems to be going well. I'm going to say in the other direction, but I'm not sure. <clears throat> and you can imagine all those pine trees go up like grenades when uh, hot fire hits it. So what we've got to hope is that this way, will Did you just? Yeah. what we've got to hope is that uh, the wind blows the fire in the opposite direction, and the uh, fire team's got enough, enough firepower, as it were, to put it all out. Because it's uh, no easy task putting a fire of that proportion out. God, we've heard about them all over. There's some, haven't we, in Oregon, in the USA, God, Australia? And now we have our own. Okay, let's see it again now. Boy, oh boy, that's a bad one. Um, a van coming, I know he's not his. Right, now this is where you do your stuff, it? Oh God! Yeah, the smoke is actually obscuring the whole kind of like well, it's a sort of a southwesterly direction. It's obscuring the whole view. You can't see anything down there. And, uh, and uh, no, the wind is coming in this direction. That's bad news. More planes going into it. It's like a battle operation, it really is. Phew! God, I, I pity that people have got houses on that mountain. They're going to get swallowed up in it. Well, okay, can't really tell you too much more about that except uh, it's, um, it's a sight I haven't seen anything like before. So, back to the Suttscast. Well, what's been happening? Well, the UK has enjoyed for the past three days at least some beautiful weather. Yeah, having been told to pack warm clothes because it was cold and uh, wet, (laughs) what I actually encountered was 80 degrees clear uh, skies uh, which was uh, a little bit of a gift really all round very nice, just, just bear with me All right, just uh, got past a, a, truck. a truck, truck truck driver was <coughs> having a little conversation with the gardener oh god there's another one down here it's truck day today Evidently, they were talking about the fire. So, um, yeah, the UK had a beautiful few days. And I was lucky enough to be there for it, in the Cotswolds. Just near Cirencester which is uh, a gorgeous old, or ancient I would say, not just old, uh, British or English town. And uh, we had a great time staying with uh, Katie and David Scott in their lovely home in the Cotswolds. Maya, Christina, and myself—no Rooney, of course. Sorry about that, Rooney. No, oh, we had such a nice time. We went out to uh, a fabulous restaurant called the Rectory in what was it? In that town, Rooney? You wouldn't know. Um, it had an odd name, like. Grungeville or something. Anyway, it wasn't grunge at all. It was lovely. Anyway, so we're back. And I I have to tell you that I am a wanted man. (laughs) In two countries. Just before I left to go to the UK. I had my COVID test, as you have to. And I went to a new clinic where apparently... My health insurance covers two tests per month. So I went there rather than pay. And I uh, hadn't been there before. Did my test, feeling in the peak of health. And um, when I went back to get my results, the nurse said, excuse me, could you come with me? I thought, hey, what? Why? <clears throat> she took me into a room, sat me down and said, your test is positive. I said, what? I said, it can't be. I said, yes. I said, you sure, I mean, can we have another test? She said, no, no, no. No, these tests are never wrong. So now you have to isolate for 10 days and all that, you know, admin stuff. So, no, surely. Anyway, so feeling a little indignant, I thought, well, I don't believe you. (laughs) You've got that wrong. So I went off to the other place where I get my Covid tests. And uh, there you have to pay, so I paid my 55 euros and uh, waited, and then they came out and they said, "Yes, all clear, Mr Stoddard. your test is negative. <laughs> As I thought. <clears throat> so then, we have the moral dilemma. <laughs> Do I take the negative or the positive test? <laughs> That's the correct answer. Well, suffice it to say, obviously, I took the negative test and off I went to the UK. <clears throat> and I'm feeling absolutely 100%. And then uh day before yesterday, um, I get a ping on my cell phone from the National Health Service saying, Mr Stuttard, you have recently been in contact with somebody who has been identified as having COVID, so now you must isolate for 10 days. <laughs> what? You've got to be kidding. So uh, I ignored that. And um, a few hours later, I got another message and an email from them (coughs) to say, we noticed that you have not yet registered for the uh, NHS app and the isolation and all that sort of stuff. Please do so urgently. (laughs) Well, I'm leaving tomorrow, so no, I'm not going to. (laughs) So I left. I left not without drama, of course, because when we got to Luton Airport, we were waiting the waiting area and then the sign came up to tell us where to check in so we won't have to check in. And in between, uh, you know, the two places, I managed to lose my cell phone. How on earth? I have no idea. You know that awful feeling when you're, <laughs> you're getting cold at the back of your neck because you think, well, where is it? Where is it? And you're uh, rifling through your luggage and your pockets and think it must be here somewhere. No. Couldn't find it anywhere. <clears throat> so, dear NHS, if you are messaging me and you, find, you do find my cell phone, can you please return it and tell me where it is? <laughs> oh. What a lot of nonsense. Anyway, I'm back. And, uh, well, it's nice to be back with old runes. Carol Fox has been staying in our house looking after him very, very kind of her. And uh, he's in good shape, I'd say. A little bit, uh, a little bit peeved when we got back last night. I mean, pleased to see us, of course, but, you know, he gave me the evil eye. <clears throat> anyway. So what I was going to tell you about was uh, day two of the Camino de Santiago. So I think where we left off last time was we were coming down into the valley of uh, Ronsenvo well, let's pronounce two ways Ronsenvo or Rosgal depending if you want to do French or Spanish where the uh, the old monastery is where <coughs> where we checked in to stay now we were pretty tired and uh, hot and, you know so we had to check in enormous queue to check in where, God bless them, this uh, group of uh, Dutch, I think retired people, have taken over the administration of that particular uh, hostel. And uh, there weren't enough of them, really. So, um, anyway, we we got checked in eventually. And uh, I said... I'm going to start to walk back this way because I don't want to... (sighs) Get into a mess with that dog! Come on, Rooney. Um I said as I checked in, um, that "Wasn't it for some reason I got separated from John?" And uh, so I said, "Okay, well, you know, check me in, and you know, there's a gentleman called John Birch also ch- um, checking in tonight. But could you make sure that? Uh... Come on, Rooney. My room and his room, uh, my bed and his bed, are not too close, <laughs> because I don't want to snore, you know, and cause him all that." problem again. So uh, yeah, in fact they put me on a different floor entirely. It was like a factory, you know there like 100 beds They were only allowed to fill them to half capacity. So you know there were 50 people up there, all sleeping side by side. <laughs> and uh, so I was up there. and um, we had our dinner. Again, we got separated, John and I. I was sent off to one dining area and he was sent off to another. And uh, so we didn't really see much of each other, but anyway, we coordinated and um, it was a beautiful place. I mean, the bedroom wasn't, but you know, it was an old historic building, and uh, that was pretty much all there was in Ronsonville. So, you know, I went to bed, tired, and uh, now I was kind of nervous that I was going to snore again and, and keep the whole room of 50 people awake. So I just lightly sleeping. You know, every time I heard myself snoring, I kind of woke myself up again. And uh, I don't really get that much sleep. There was a lady next to me, a French lady. She was sort of an older lady. Anyway, she didn't seem, seem to say anything. And when I did wake up, you know, the many times that I did in the night, I could hear plenty of other people snoring. <laughs> but... Uh, Anyway, so in the morning we left. It was still dark, and uh, off we set. And of course, John. I said, "How was your night's sleep?" He said, "Well, oh, God." So I had another guy next to me snoring. <laughs> He's very sensitive to it. So uh, I said, "Oh no." He said, "Yeah, it's a German guy. He was telling me all about his various different ailments." And, and then he <laughs> started to snore, so I didn't really sleep. Oh God! Anyway, so we so we walked Um, another pretty tough walk because the weather turned. It you know it started to rain, but it was hot, so we had this unpleasant sort of sweating inside a poncho um, for some of the day. Uh, Not all of it, but but you know we had to have the poncho on for you know probably the majority of the day. It was a, a tough going. Good test of character. <laughs> it wasn't as uphill as the day before, so it wasn't too bad. And uh, not not the sort of big views that we had the day before, so we're going through kind of like forest trails. And apparently, there's, that area is uh, famous for witchcraft in the old days. So we were spooking ourselves as we walked through these, especially in the morning, it was pitch black walking through the forest. <laughs> You know the trees on either side of us, and John was telling me how, um, in the olden days, when the pilgrims were wandering through that area, uh, thieves and bandits would hide in the forest and then jump the pilgrims <laughs> and rob them of, you know, usually they're taking some sort of gift to uh, Santiago to, you know, leave in the church, <laughs> the cathedral there. <laughs> So they're pretty easy targets. So anyway, we we decided that um, there wasn't any danger of that, and we had our sticks <laughs> to defend us if we were jumped, but we didn't need them. We went through one town where, um, because we hadn't really had any breakfast, uh, we stopped and we had a coffee and a smoothie, and some god knows what breakfast, I don't know what it was, it had an egg on it. It was pretty pretty disgusting, actually. But uh, a very talkative uh, cafe owner, who, funnily enough, had been a boat captain on Long Island Sound, which is exactly where, you know, I'd had my boat. So, um, you know, he wanted to chat. We chatted for a while, and then off we went on our way. We walked walked and walked and walked, and eventually ended up in a nice little well, 400 population town called Zubiri which has a sort of, a con- a, sort of quarry and a cement works, <laughs> that's about it. Um, mm. But the surrounding countryside was nice. And uh, went into a, a very, very nice um, hostel. What was it called? The... something de Aviana. I think it was the... Not the foot of the... it means the, something of the wild boar. Anyway, so we checked in there, it was lovely. Um, we had a nice room, with, You know, it was actually bunked up for ten, but with you know, with Covid he couldn't fill it completely. So there were only six other people in there, or five other people in there plus me and John. John was on the top bunk this time I was on the bottom bunk. We uh, went for a nice beer in the village, it was a tiny village. Um, we met up with Lydia, who just got there, who's the lady who had been in the bunk in the first night with us, and had a chat. And uh, then we went for our dinner, and uh, very nice dinner. Really delish, actually. Well, when you're hungry, everything tastes good, but it was good. Um, and then off to bed. Now, here's the problem again. So I'm in a small room. Uh, There's a German guy called Michael, a Hungarian girl called Lily. A couple of French ladies didn't get to meet them, uh, you know, to introduce. But obviously they were in there, myself and John. And uh, so, you know, went quickly off to sleep, I've tired out after 25 kilometer run, a uh, walk, and um, I sort of was woken up by. I didn't know what, I felt like I'd bumped into something. And, uh so anyway, I thought I must be dreaming, and then I went back to sleep again, and, um, you know, I, I drifted off to sleep, and then, this time, I felt, <laughs> quite clearly, a pillow whack me on the side of the face. <laughs> and it was John from the bunk above. Obviously I must have been snoring and he was trying to stop me from snoring. So, God. So then I stayed awake. Oh my God, I didn't dare go, to, go back to sleep. I stayed awake till, well, actually four o'clock in the morning and I'd looked at my, uh, you know, cell phone and it was like 11.30 when when, when I woke up the second time. So I didn't get any sleep from 11.30 till four. And then I went down to the lobby because I noticed there was a sort of a sofa down there and I thought, see if I can sleep on that. I didn't really get any sleep, it was a small sofa, you know, like a very small two-seater, so difficult to stretch out. So I went back, and, uh, you know, got to about six, we packed up, ready to go, and we left, so I hadn't really had any sleep at all. And uh, I realised that I I was going to ruin John's Camino with my snoring. And I said to him in the, in the morning, I said, uh... How did you sleep? He said, oh, terrible again. I said, why? He said, you're snoring. I thought, God. I said, well, I know I didn't snore after 11.30 because I didn't sleep. So, uh, anyway, so that, that had me thinking, you know, what, what can I do? Because I'm now exhausted, having had a very light sleep one night and then no sleep the next night. <clears throat> I'm worried that I'm keeping the whole room awake and ruining John's, uh, John's Camino. what can I do? So anyway, the next day, strangely, I seemed to be okay. And uh, although I was tiring, you know, we had a nice day again, beautiful day, long walk, all the way to Pamplona, which is where my car was. So I began to think, well, hmm, maybe I shouldn't carry on with this Camino because one I'm getting no sleep and uh, two I'm ruining it for John even though we had a very pleasant day's walk together and chatted and lots of banter and you know he liked the pace that we were going and I liked the pace we were going and we were both physically up to it but um you know, I had to make a decision so I came to a decision which was to abandon the walk because I, I knew I couldn't did, you know, another few days without sleep and I wasn't going to put John through you know uh, another night of me snoring like mad so I thought well best to best to just uh, peel off and I'd had my car in Pamplona anyway so we had this very pleasant walk around the outskirts of Pamplona into the c- c- city got to the um, uh, hostel which is quite a well-known one says Jesus y Maria um, 8 euros a night um, but I, you know, I, I thought well, this is it so when we got there I got to the door and I said John, I'm going to peel off here this is where I'm going to leave you he said, what? I said, no, no I've I got some things I've got to sort out <laughs> namely my snoring I didn't really say that I just know I've got some things I've got to sort out so and he said no He said yep yeah. and it was actually genuinely a sad parting because we were both really enjoying each other's company apart from the, the snoring issue but I thought it was for the best and um, so off I trogged another kilometre and a half <laughs> I'd done enough at that stage I'd done 25 kilometres so you know one and a half more seems like uh, an eternity. But anyway, I found the car, and um, I thought, well, yeah, you know, it's a nine hour drive. <laughs> Perhaps not the most sensible thing in the world to drive nine hours and you haven't had really good sleep for two days. And you just walked, you know, 25 kilometers for the last two days, each day. And then I thought, well, yeah, I, I think I have to drive because I mean, where am I going to stop? So I got in the car. It was about three o'clock and I thought, well, see how tired I get. And Extraordinarily so, but, but I didn't get tired. I just, well, a little bit tired. So I drove, drove through the night, got home about 1am. I gave Carol the shock of her life because she didn't read my message to say I was coming back. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, you know, Woke up next morning and I thought well what do I do do I I could go to the UK and sort of get Maya into college and you know go and join Katie and David and Christina and Maya in the Cotswolds which you know was the original plan what I'd been invited to so I thought yeah all right I'll do that Book myself on a plane took my Covid test and well takes us back to square one you know about that bit Anyway, oh God, another drill. Okay, come on Runes, we'll go this way. Runes, Runy, this way. Yeah, so that's what happened. And uh, I have to say, I absolutely loved the Camino. And I'm gonna go back and do some more. But uh, what happens is a lot of these hostels have Bedrooms as well as uh, bunk rooms. <clears throat> I think what I'll do is, if I go with Christina or whoever I go with, <laughs> as long as they've got the tolerance for snoring, um, I'll just book bedrooms so that we're not keeping at least the, the whole of the bunk room awake. But yeah, I definitely want to do it. it it's, it's kind of like addictive, you know, I like the whole scene. You get into a sort of a, an efficient routine you're managing yourself properly, it's very healthy outdoors, beautiful scenery you know it's highly highly, I would highly recommend it you know if you like that kind of thing which I do um and John oh bless him he's you know he's well into it now, I think he's done about a quarter on it I wish I could have done it with him But uh, anyway, I know he's having a good time because uh, he's been posting me photographs and messages. In fact, I think he's been walking with uh, Lily from Hungary. She's a nice girl. And um, this other lady from Canada who uh, she had a diagnosis 11 years ago with multiple sclerosis. Just bear with me. Yeah, (laughs) just passed a couple of people. You know, when you're on these um, this pilgrimage, we pass people. Well, uh, the, the dumb thing is to say buen camino, and they say buen camino back, <laughs> and I nearly said buen camino to them because <laughs> I get used to doing that. So, yeah, there endeth <laughs> the first leg of my uh, camino de Santiago. Quite the way I had intended, but for the best. And uh, yeah, so John was was walking with this lady who, uh, eleven years ago, she had a multiple sclerosis diagnosis. Only she was only 39 at the time, so you know she's got a lot she wants to do, but she walked fast. Not that I saw her walking, but she told us that uh, the day that we walked that really tough steep climb, and it took John and I about eight and a half hours. She did it in about six and a half hours. So, you know, <laughs> I'll be putting John through his paces. <laughs> he doesn't like to walk that fast. He gets shin splints. Anyway, hopefully you don't have to walk with her. I'm sure he'll find the right compatible walking buddy. There's enough of them. But what a fantastic thing. And, uh, yeah. If there's anybody else out there who's a Cars fan, who fancies a walk along the Camino de Santiago with somebody who snores, then let me know. <laughs> I'm your man. I'll be going again. So today, oh, what a nuisance I've got again. Thought out my cell phone. Oh, I can you hear that. That's another plane going over. Water plane. It's going to be really tough until we can get that fire out. So it's not going to rain for a good six months probably. (laughs) So where are we? Yeah, it could be six months before it rains. So, uh, no it's not a plane, it's a helicopter carrying a big pouch underneath it. The pouch must be empty because it looks like it's going to uh, one of the mountain lakes to fill it up again. Yeah. And the other thing I'd like to report on is Maya going back to college. What a difference to a year ago. My little baby glowing with health having been in Spain, and, and and then the UK sunshine for a few days. Blowing with health. Looking absolutely beautiful, I have to say. Um, just couldn't wait to get back. And she's got this lovely house in Anglefield Green. Um, it's, a, it's a small room, but nice. And it looks like are, the other students in the house are going to be good. We only met one, Harrison, but uh, he, seemed, he seemed good. Um, And, oh, Josh was there. That was lovely. Josh came along and uh, met my and us in the house. Very kindly printed off my boarding pass for me as well. Um, And so we helped her into her room. She was really excited. And uh, then we all went off to uh, a pub and had a really good meal, actually. Um... Together, lots um, the pub called? and things. Just my mind for a moment. But anyway, it's one of the sort of network of Raymond Blanc um, kitchens, so good, really good menu. And, uh, and then we said goodbye. And uh, no, no more of the uh, homesick uh, Maya. No, no. No, I'm sick one bit. Just delighted to be back. Delighted to be back with Josh. She was so pleased to see him. It was, it was good for the soul to watch. And then uh, and Josh was pleased to see her too, you could tell. And uh, well, I'd more than tell, it was obvious. They <laughs> were just gazing at each other lovingly and uh, just glad to be back together again. So, off begins uh, year two. Of her university life. I think she's gonna love it. And on the way back, it was Uncle Ralph's, Christina's brother's, 60th birthday. So we dropped off at uh, their house and saw Orma and uh, Uncle Ralph again. Just a quick sort of say goodbye and uh, I'll say hello and goodbye. And then Ralph kind of took us back to, uh, well not back, well, yeah, to Luton Airport. then we caught our Ryanair, having said I would never fly Ryanair again, I had to. Um, we caught our Ryanair flight, which was fairly trouble-free apart from the phone issue. And uh, got back here. So, you know, that's kind of it, isn't it, Runes? A few other things, but we'll, we'll move into the clothes now. Runes, into the clothes? Yeah, into the clothes. All right. So it's good to be back. And uh, I am still challenged slightly, technologically, because. I've lost my microphone it'll shut up somewhere so recording this podcast is a little bit more difficult than usual I have to hold the phone to my face uh, so that I can just talk into the phone's microphone, so it's probably not as good apologies for that but uh, I'll find it eventually the house is a bit upside down at the moment all the travel and everything but we will get back into order. Carol has got two more days. So it's Thursday, so Thursday, Friday, and then she goes on Saturday. Which, is, which will be sad because she's been like the main anchor point of our whole summer. She's been here for nearly two months. It's been great. Anyway, just had to pause there once we spoke to Toby and his two dogs. When he was being a bit bashful a bit bashful a bit bashing their uh, dog Vegas round a little bit runs don't do that only <clears throat> playing so yeah apparently Toby just told me that they've closed the uh, the road in the pointer direction so you can't go down there now because the fun uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult but he said, I just said it's not going to rain for six months he said there's rain forecast next week which I'd be surprised but maybe there is but if that fire burns for a week there's going to be nothing left of the place God I'm just seeing it again now as we walk back it's pretty bad well I think that just about wraps it up so thank you for listening in, and uh, well, we'll start a new a new series on the next uh, Stuckcast. So talk again next time.